Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Welcome back to the Relatable Voice podcast. In today's episode, the RV is on the road headed to Illinois to speak with William R. Douglas. William is a first-time novelist and has just published his book entitled The Death and Resurrection of Baseball, Echoes from a Distant Past. So, William, welcome to the RV. Thank you, Lucia. It's an honor to be on your show and looking forward to a great conversation. So thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm very happy that you're here. And it was a long way from here to Illinois, but I'm sure it will be a pleasant trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, William, you have a background in IT, but I take it you are a big baseball fan. Oh, yeah. Huge baseball fan. So I, I, I fell in love with the sport growing up in the 60s and uh, played a lot of ball. Still continue to play. Actually, I, I play on a, a Monday night uh, church softball league. and I'm, I'm 63 years old, so I'm still playing ball after wow. all these decades. And do you have a favorite team? Uh, the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, I've been a White Sox fan uh, all my life. So... Uh, interesting story back in the in the mid 60s uh my brother and i we had gotten our first pack of tops baseball cards and uh, we were going through the cards and the subject came up well what team do we want to root for because we hadn't really picked a team yet you know so my brother says well i'm going to root for the cubs the chicago cubs i'm like okay i'm going to root for the chicago white Sox." so that's how all that started. That was way back in the 60s. So I've been a, been a Sox fan all my life. When did you start playing baseball? Uh, probably, I think around, I don't know, 1966, 67, started playing ball. Initially, just playing sandlot ball with, with my buddies in an empty lot uh, down the street. Uh and then my dad signed us up for Little League, and we played a Little League, and we played Sandlot Ball. So we played a lot of ball. Pretty much almost every day we were playing ball somewhere, somehow. So, And uh, really picked up the uh, the skills and the game through that, that repetition of playing every day. Ah, those times where we saw kids playing on the streets. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we played with. With hardball, softball, rubber ball, tennis ball, it just it just a matter just a matter of uh, what was available at the time. So not too often hardball in the street because we didn't want to break windows, but uh, mm. played a lot with a rubber ball or a tennis ball, and occasionally we we get a a sixteen inch uh, softball, which is uh, very popular in Chicago. So. What a great childhood, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Very and, idyllic childhood. Yeah. 
And William, you have six kids. I only have one and she keeps me so busy. How did you and your wife juggle the parenting of these six children growing up? Yeah, well, it was, you know, we were busy. My, 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 my oldest three are actually my stepkids. And when I married my wife, uh, they, they were actually out of the house. The three youngest, uh, which are my kids from my first marriage, uh, they were still in grade school and, and uh, middle school. So, yeah, it was busy. There were, they had their stuff going on with ice skating, gymnastics, and, and, uh, and, and ball as well. My son played ball all through Little League. And my daughter, one of my daughters tried her hand at softball, girls softball for a couple of years, but she gravitated more towards ice skating. So. Yeah, we were busy doing the whole taxi driver thing, driving around and various activities. So mm -hmm. we were busy. You also have eight grandkids. Eight grandkids. What parenting advice did you give your kids before they had their own? Oh, well, I think, the, you know, the importance of home life, you know, a stable home life. Uh, I think the importance of faith and having a, Having your kids brought up in the faith, uh, for us the Christian faith, and uh, just to, you know overall that whole idea of stability in the home because the kids uh, feel safe in that kind of environment. So I'm sure they followed your advice. Sure, they're trying. <laughs> it's always a challenge. Yeah, and William. How did you first start writing? Because I can see that you are all about sports. Well, I've always had a love for writing uh, since my younger days and have written, written stories and letters to the editor. A lot of, in my IT career, wrote a lot of technical documentation, wrote copy for websites, uh, stuff like that, wrote newsletters. And uh, it's always, it always been on the back of my mind to, you know, actually sit down and write a novel. And uh, so I had a story start to coalesce in my mind about baseball uh, and what would happen if the sport were to die. And finally, all the pieces of, of that idea finally coalesced uh, in, in September of 2016 when I sat down and started writing the first chapter. And four years later, September 2020, I, I, I wrote the last word of the last chapter. So it was the four-year journey of putting that idea down uh, into a novel. So, but uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a great, great journey. Uh, there were fits and starts along the way, you know, mm -hmm. a couple of, of occasions of writer's block. And then there's also a life. Life gets in the way, you know, you get a, you get a, you got to uh -huh. put things and aside because you got stuff going on with the kids or whatever. So, what do you usually do when you have writer's block? You know, for me, because I was writing about baseball, there were, there were two occasions when I had writer's block. The, the one really big one, I had a block come along and, uh, you know, got busy with the kids and stuff like that. It's about eight months went by without putting anything down. And I told my wife, Lori, I says, you know, hon, I'm going to, I'm going to drive out to Iowa 
and go to Dyersville, Iowa, which is the, the home of the Field of Dreams, that, that famous movie with Kevin Costner. And so I'm going to go out there and, and play some ball and get re-inspired and then, you know, get back into uh, finishing the book. So I went, I went out there on a Labor Day weekend back in, uh, I think it was 20, 2018 or 2019, I forget, but uh, drove out there, spent about six hours on the field, hitting, pitching, catching, just standing there talking to other visitors that had come out to visit the field. Because, I mean, it's the number one tourist attraction I was to go to the Field of Dreams. And um, and then I was done. I just felt re-inspired. I sat down in the bleachers overlooking the Field of Dreams, and I pounded out uh, Chapter 6 and, and part of Chapter 7. And, uh, and it just kept on going when I got home. So That must have been a beautiful trip. Yeah, it was very special. Very special. Very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, very inspiring. A lot of people were there that day. Uh, I talked to uh, one gentleman. He was visiting from Elmhurst, Illinois, which is not too far from my hometown of McHenry, which is about an hour northwest of Chicago. We had a nice chat talking about baseball and especially playing ball when we were kids. So had, had some good times of reminiscing. And can you tell us a little bit about your book? What is this book about? Of course, it's about baseball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> baseball and so much more. <laughs> yeah, but I see that your book is set in the future. Correct. So it's a fiction story. It is set in future. It's a somewhat of a dystopian tale as well. It takes place uh, in the year 2166. And what has occurred is that a hundred years prior, a second American Civil War erupts on our soil. And uh, there's lots of casualties, uh, both on a human scale and a cultural scale. And on a cultural scale, uh, the sport of baseball winds up dying. Up until the start of the war, it had been losing popularity. And then when the war comes along, it's like a proverbial a nail in the coffin and, and kills off the sport. So the story picks up in chapter one with a 12 year old boy. He's our, our protagonist and he discovers a relic in an old battlefield that actually has a tie back to baseball, but he doesn't know it. And so this begins a whole sequence of events where, you know, he wants to know what does this, what does this thing mean? And one thing leads to another, and pretty soon he's the conduit for rediscovering the sport of baseball and attempting to reintroduce it back into American culture. And along the way, baseball becomes a metaphor for America itself and America itself coming back from this horrible Second Civil War. So, so the, the book, the book is, really is a, is a feel-good story, uh, and it's primarily about you know, Joe, Joe Scott's journey. That's the character's name, Joe Scott. I named him after my, my son, Joe, and my brother, Scott. They're both avid baseball fans like me. But uh, so Joe Scott's journey to, to rediscover the sport and reintroduce it is the main, the main thread throughout the story. It's like I say, it is a feel-good story. But there's this undercurrent that exists in the novel 
about what had happened in the past with this horrible second civil war, how it has reshaped American society for the better and uh, really helps govern how people behave against one another and get along with one another, even when they agree to disagree. And so that's a very important thread in the story, how this uh, event shaped uh, the future uh, culture of the country. Maybe in the future, people will be able to understand each other better, to respect. Yeah, yeah. And that's really, that was really one of the goals of the story was, I, number one, I wanted to primarily entertain the reader around the sport of baseball. And even if they don't like the sport of baseball, I think they're going to find the story very entertaining themselves. So, uh, But also, it was important to put this thread in there. Uh, I have a very deep concern for America right now, where we are at as a country and the divisions that we have and where we could be headed if unless the trajectory that we're on is not intercepted and the course altered. So, uh, again, a, a very important part of the, the storyline was to have that in there to get people to think and have conversation about where we're at and where we could be headed so yeah that's awesome i think this book is is a great way for us to start thinking about not only today but our future and actually yeah. i want to ask you how do you imagine our society will be like in the near future, let's say 20 years, maybe. Well, in the near future, uh, uh, you know, I'm very concerned because, the, like I say, uh, this word trajectory, I use it in my book, actually, but the trajectory that we're currently on, um, we need some kind of external force to come and intercept that trajectory and change it. Uh, for me, you know, as a person of faith, I think it would, it would be uh, a renewal uh, in America uh, for people of faith to come back and really work and, and practice their faith uh, the way they should, uh, which would be obviously uh, practicing the golden rule every day. Um, so in the near term, yeah, I'm very concerned about it and uh i think that the the rhetoric that we hear from all levels of our society from the top down it needs to be toned down and people need to relearn the art of agreeing to disagree and relearn the art of getting along with one another even when we don't agree you know and you know you see this uh, you know, on a macro scale, you see it, you know, conservative versus liberal. Uh, you see it at the micro scale in our in our own families, where we have family members that don't agree on everything. And unfortunately, these things can snowball, and then all of a sudden, you've got a rift in the family. And, that, and that's a tragedy. That is an absolute tragedy. And so when you take, when you take that up and down the scale no matter, again, at the macro scale or, or down at the your own personal family. We need something to intercept all this and to get us to hit the reset button. And, and again, uh, I like to use the phrase to relearn the art of getting along with one another. Because it really is kind of an art form to do that. I mean, I, mean, I 
I have friends and family that don't align with the way I think on everything. And so it's a, you know, it's a conscious, conscious exercise to willfully and purposely and lovingly want to continue to keep those relationships going because, you know, I love them. So uh, there's the lesson. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. I think we can disagree with each other, but we need to respect the opinions. It has to be something reciprocal. Yeah. And, and the word reciprocal is perfect because, I mean, I, I can uh, work at and, and willfully, willfully pursue a relationship with friends and family uh, that don't necessarily agree with what I agree with. But there has to be that reciprocity in order for that relationship to continue. So that's a very important uh, point you bring up. Yeah. And William, are you currently working on anything new you would like to share with us? Yeah, so I'm actively involved in, in promoting my debut novel uh, because I am, you know, full disclosure, I am self-published. So uh, the success of the novel depends upon how well I do at marketing it. So one thing I've been doing a lot of is appearing on podcasts, such as this great one right here, The Relatable Voice with Lucia. Thanks. I really appreciate the opportunity. And then uh, uh, trying to get things out, you know, get the word out through social media, et cetera. Uh, and then hopefully uh, word of mouth starts to build and uh, helps also get the word out and because i really think that that the novel is something special and that uh if it were to get a very wide audience something very positive could come out of it so um so that's taking up a lot of time but i am thinking about another project and that would be to actually write a, a kind of a prequel really about the second American civil war, how that could come about, what it would look like, which by the way, would be no winners because there can't be a winner of a second American civil war. There's no way there'd be a winner. So that would be a pretty big project. And uh, I have a friend that was, uh, was in the first Gulf war and he was the commander of a pretty sizable military unit. So I'm thinking about asking him to pair up with me and, 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 and to he would write the military part of, of, of such a fiction story and I would write the, the other parts of it. So kind of a, a combined effort. That's so. a great idea. And um, I hope it doesn't take too long. It doesn't take four years for you to come <laughs> and also invite him to come along. Yeah, yeah. No, I once I uh, once I was a star on that, it would it would not it would not be a four year project. I would want to I would want to get that done uh, a lot sooner than four years. That's great, and William, it's such a pleasure to speak with you. I really appreciate. I think your book can bring hope. It will be on our book recommendations on the yeah, I'm really excited about this magazine. Yes, yeah. Also, William, can you share your contacts with us? Yes. So people could go to my 
author williamrdouglas.com website and uh, they'll see uh, a copy of the book out there they can click on one of the three buttons to buy it at either amazon apple or barnes and noble also they can uh, watch the book trailer book trailer is really cool i don't know if you had a chance to see that or not but uh, uh i've had like five thousand views of the book trailer because it's uh it's very 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 well done again the author williamrdouglas.com website there's also links to my social media connections and you can also uh, view the various podcast appearances including this one mm-hmm. and uh, also contact me if you want to send me a send me a comment or an email thank you william and i would like to tell our listeners to check our magazine the relatable voice this month in december and this will be in there right yes death and resurrection of baseball will be there as well very excited to see that there thank you william thanks lucia If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.